The other thing is, to your point of staying or leaving, and again, I think we'll see more and more of this, is that as women are making more money and it's being accepted that there is more equality in the home, there's more equality not just around the money that comes in, but about the taking care of business in the home. Mm-hmm. So husbands are now getting more involved with childcare for sure, with doing laundry, with doing food shopping, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, therefore, I think that there's more of a sense of, from a women a woman's point of view, of I'm not the slave here. I'm not doing everything. I'm not carrying too much of the burden. And so, that might make them feel more comfortable staying in the relationship. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss a new study that links the increased income of the wife to the stress levels of the husband. He wants her to make some money, but not too much. What does that mean? Dr. Karen Sherman joins us to explain. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchedmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original, the brilliant, the lovely Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Um, Today, Karen, we are going to talk about how much income from the wife distresses husbands. Uh, By the way, I just want you to know, so I... I had to like rephrase that like 15 times Mm -hmm. because I didn't want it to sound like it was a problem Mm -hmm. Uh, because every time it was, I I would come up with the phrasing and it was like, you know, does the wife make too much money to stress out that? And I was like, no, 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 that's ridiculous. That's such a dumb Mm -hmm. way to put it. So anyways, I just want you to know, like I'm, I'm trying to be very thoughtful with my words, uh, because I don't see this as a problem at all. And we'll get Mm -hmm. into that. Uh, but I (laughs) I just want to throw that out there at the top. I was very proud of myself. You are are always thoughtful with your words, Steve. I, I, I try. I, I don't know if I always am, but I try. Um, Okay, so uh, what we're talking about specifically, though, is a new study that looked at 6,035 heterosexual couples. And I think heterosexual couples is important because we're talking about husband and wife specifically in this study. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked at data of uh, spanning 15 years. Uh, the study was published in Personality and Social, Psychology and, and Social Psychology Bulletin. And what it found was... When the wife makes more than 40% of the family's total income, men's psychological distress increases. So, 
Why do you think that is? Well, unfortunately, the only thing I can come up with is based on a looking at the world in traditional ways. Because after 40, it gets close to being equal, or maybe even more. And I think that men still um, value themselves by what they do and think of themselves, well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. I don't know whether they still do. We'll talk about that a yeah. little bit later. But I think for the people who she studied, there was a bias based on traditional thinking that men should be the breadwinner. And so when a woman's income started to come close to what he was bringing in, that threatens the concept of him being the breadwinner. And so that would start to uh, stress him out. So changing the traditional dynamic mm-hmm. uh, psycho- psychologically of yes. what a man feels like <clears throat> the marriage should the Look framework like. of the marriage should be like, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I mean that, I thought it was that simple too, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It seems I like, it seems simple and obvious. Um, the, maybe the more interesting question is the second one that I have for you, which is the researchers also noticed that the stress level of the husband was a U shaped curve, mm-hmm. meaning that when the husband was the sole breadwinner, his stress was also high, mm-hmm. and then it started falling when the wife started contributing. Um, and it wasn't until she was making 40% or more of the household income that he started feeling the stress again. Um, mm-hmm. If she makes less than 40%, why do you think that uh, de- like why is that such a decrease in the number and um, – because the 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 high stress level on that left side of the U curve, um, he clearly wants contribution. Because the well, stress I think was that high. that's why I think that's why you have a decrease in the stress when she's making contribution. Because the reality of the world is that it's very hard to be the sole breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So when somebody else is helping, when the wife is helping, then some of that burden gets taken off of him and it makes it easier and there's not as much stress. So, you know, there's um, a sense of relief that comes from it until you get to that other side where it's getting too close to what he's making and then the traditional um perspective kicks in. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I love, I mean, I love that you just kind of pointed it out as like the, the single soul breadwinner is such a, such a luxury in in modern times that, uh, it would, it, it would make sense. Right. Uh, um, so as we've been talking this really, uh, what we're talking about is breaking traditional norms of the the man being the sole breadwinner of the household. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this kind of a study will just die and that, that it's a generational thing and 15 years from now um, we won't even have to worry about this because it's, you know, anybody growing up today, it's like, uh, it's, it kind of seems ridiculous. Yeah, I, I do believe that if this study was repeated 15 years from now, you would see different results. I don't think that there would be stress because the woman is, um, you know, making equal to or more than the man. I do think this is um, important that we understand the historical background 
that is playing into the study. So um, again, if we did this study 15 years from now, I don't think you'd get the same results. Yeah. You, it, as we're talking about this, one of the things that I am, am just now thinking about is I kind of wonder if this is why women's pay continues to mm. be um, stunted in mm. comparisons to a man where they make, I, I think the latest information is like 78 or 79 cents per dollar compared to a man doing the exact same job with the exact same amount of experience. And I, I wonder, think that's an interesting observation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if like mm-hmm. the, the, the men who are making those decisions, it just kind of stresses them out. Like there's a uncomfortable psychological uneasiness about giving women what they deserve. Well, there might even be an unconscious prejudice that a woman can't do things as well as a man, but you still have that bias that's going on. So whether it's being done purposely or subconsciously or whatever, um, we certainly can guess that your hypothesis is in fact working, that um, a woman is not equally paid because it's either that she doesn't deserve it or we have to make sure that men are continued to be thought of as the breadwinner or she's not as capable. But some inequity is obviously functioning in that uh, decision Mm -hmm. of not paying equally. Right, right. Yeah. Ah, man. Let's let's get 15 years down the road, shall we? so you uh, you could argue that women contributing more money also offers them more freedom and leverage within the relationship to, mm-hmm. to stay or leave. Like I, I just know looking at historical uh, articles and books and all sorts of stuff, that was like one of the things about um, the women's rights movement is when they started getting into the workforce, they started gaining this leverage and power. Um mm-hmm. What we're seeing in the last 15 years and beyond is that divorce rates have been going down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess it's, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to answer my own question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. So so wouldn't that mean that today's marriages with women having more power within the relationship dynamic uh, are stronger uh, because women are getting into the relationships and staying in them out of choice rather than necessity, where before it was like they were dependent on their husband. Mm-hmm. Now they're not mm-hmm. as dependent. Yes, or I think all, that, or at all dependent. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. And as you were talking, something else just struck me that any time there's a new behavior, my experience has been that we often go to an extreme with it until we sort of really feel comfortable with it. And perhaps, again, because this study has covered a 15-year span, mm-hmm. that perhaps the women who were first getting more money, being paid more money, had the sense, consciously or not consciously, of, oh, I'm making more than him. I have a right to speak up more now and to um, not just go along with everything. So it's not just the men having the sense of, hey, I'm supposed to be the breadwinner, Mm. but it may be that the women were exerting more um, assertiveness, 
um, more um, being more vocal, etc., and that that shift also created stress. Mm, that makes a that lot, just yeah yeah that just occurred to me. Yeah, you're right. Like it's it's almost like an awakening for women who are like, oh, <laughs> this is right. what this power dynamic feels like. Exactly. And so not until they really felt comfortable with it, did they did the pendulum swing back to the middle or what we'll start to see is that it will swing back to the middle and there won't be a need perhaps to speak out so much and to assert myself and to I'll show you kind of attitude. And it won't create as much stress. I think that that is another factor in what could have created stress. Um, The other thing is, to your point of staying or leaving, and again, I think we'll see more and more of this, is that as women are making more money and it's being accepted that there is more equality in the home, there's more equality not just around the money that comes in, but about the taking care of business in the home. Mm -hmm. So husbands are now getting more involved with childcare, for sure, with doing laundry, with doing food shopping, et cetera, et cetera. And so therefore, I think that there's more of a sense of, from a a woman's point of view, of I'm not the slave here, I'm not doing everything. I'm not carrying too much of the burden. And so that might make them feel more comfortable staying in the relationship. Mm -hmm. The, uh, again, I like to look at things both at a macro and a micro level. You now have households where kids are growing up seeing this dynamic and it's Mm -hmm. not a, like this is their traditional dynamic. Mm Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't come in with that baggage. So to the point mm-hmm. that you're trying to make at the top in 15 years, you won't you know would be surprised if we saw this U shaped curve again. It's because it was never a thing for them. Right. They never had the expectation that a man was supposed to be the sole breadwinner, and it would seem ridiculous that they would think that way. Correct. Correct. Um, so I think that the shift is not only in the woman making more money. But also the dynamics in the household. And one of the equations for whether a relationship continues to exist is based on um, if you're getting more than it's costing, so to speak. So if you're getting more out of the relationship than than it's costing you or or the negative part part of it and again i think what we each give into the relationship doesn't have to be equal it has to be reciprocal mm-hmm. i've said this in previous podcasts but if you know each partner feels like okay you know we're each giving in in different ways but we each feel our needs are being met and we're each getting something out of this relationship then it's worth staying you know and in the past and let's say back in the 1950s which for many of our listeners is like you know ancient history mm-hmm. um 
the wife was the one that stayed home, did the cooking, took care of the children, you know, all the household things. And the husband would come home and she'd have to look beautiful for him and have his dinner on the table at a certain point. Didn't have a voice. It was basically whatever, you know, men wanted, et cetera, et cetera. And she really wasn't being considered as a person or somebody who mattered in the relationship. So again, I think if we look at this historically, and, and I have a better perspective, I think, on this than you do, given my age, we see a shift from that to the period in the 60s with the bra burning and let me have you know a voice and let me have freedom, where again, as I said previously, there may be this overzealousness mm-hmm. in expression of our freedom, which may have been the stress, and now where it's coming to a point where there's more equanimity in the relationship um, in money-making, in tasks, and in a sense of having needs met on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is such a great observation about, you know, kind of flexing the muscle that you now realize that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, uh, I hadn't thought of that. That's, that's, that's excellent. Um, I was also just thinking your description of the 1950s housewife, mm-hmm. while totally accurate, it almost sounds like fiction today. That, like, honestly, it sounds like that just people didn't actually act like that, but I know it to be true. Um, and it, it just seems so foreign. And I can't imagine what things we will in the future think is like, wow, that's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was. Yeah. That is how it was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So knowing this, like, Talk, grinding ourselves in today, knowing that this is the reflex, that we have this U-shaped curve, how can couples cope when the wife starts earning or is already earning that 40% or more of the household income to alleviate the stress that you may be feeling? Well, since we've been together for very long, Steve, my answer is not going to shock you. <laughs> I think that they have to have a discussion. Uh-huh. And I think that they have to, you know, first say, the woman has to say, in any way does that threaten you or make you feel uncomfortable? Um, and, you know, address that. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that a long time ago, I discussed this on one of our podcasts. When I was going for my doctorate, um, and I don't remember at which point in the process, I addressed my husband about this, but I did say to him, you know, I'm going to have a doctorate. And though he's very educated, he's got a master's, it was not a doctorate. And I asked him, did that make him feel uncomfortable that I was going to have a degree that was higher than his? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's worthy of a question and a discussion. And then I think that from there, And my guess would be in this day and age, most men are going to say no, okay? Um, And I think from there it could be, you know, um, a reality check of what does it mean that the wife has has to do to earn this kind of money. In other words, does she have to work longer hours? Mm -hmm. Does she have more responsibilities, whatever? And so what does that then mean as far as what the household looks like? You know, how can we run the business of, you know, couplehood and familyhood and household so that it gets done smoothly and we're sharing in this? Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to admit, like part of me hates 
uh, hates that I asked this question. Um, yes. Because I, a, a lot of me thinks like, why, why do, why, why I'm trying to put this properly? Why should you even have to ask that question? Why should I have to ask the question of like, how mm-hmm. can we calm men's emotional needs? Like why, mm-hmm. Uh, like, first off, it shouldn't be the woman's responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. And so while mm-hmm. I understand and, and respect and, and agree with the communication of the wife, you know, you uh, asking Richie if he would be uncomfortable with your higher mm-hmm. degree, mm-hmm. Um, I, I recognize that that is a good, solid thing to do. But I also feel like why can't the, the man like I guess the question I should have asked is like, what can the man do so uh, his feelings don't get hurt? Okay, so I'm going to talk to you traditionally again, okay? Okay. And what we know are a couple of things. First of all, men are more sensitive than women, uh, meaning they react more quickly to things even though women are more emo- show more emotions men are more sensitive and but even though they're more sensitive they also don't speak up as much mm-hmm. and these are biological differences these we have lots of research which indicates the differences in men and women the fact that men will not communicate as much the fact that men are not as much in touch with their feelings and that um, again if there is any traditional um, aspect to them, they're going to be embarrassed mm. to bring it up and say it. Um, <laughs> Turns out same species, different anatomy. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, and women generally have a better pulse on the relationship. So for all those factors, though, I agree with you, Steve, that if a man is having certain feelings, he should put his big boy pants on and say, Hey, listen, you know, I got to tell you, it sort of like sucks for me that you're going to be making more money than me. That's unlikely to happen. So in the world of being sensitive to one another, mm-hmm. I think that it couldn't hurt for the woman to bring it up. Um, so, and, really, so really you're like tapping into her skill set. Yes. Uh, that the man biologically doesn't have innately as acute as she does. Correct. Yeah. Nicely said. Nicely done. <laughs> so I think that, you know, that that's the reason for it. And hopefully the answer will be, you know, no, I don't care. Good. Right. We're making more money or whatever. That's what I would hope would be the answer um, in in today's mails. Yeah. Well, me and so. other men appreciate you letting us off the hook for being such big babies. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, th- this is great. Did you have anything else you want to add before we wrap it up, Karen? No, I'm just glad that it occurred to me that some of the results might be because of the stress that men felt because a woman was acting differently. Yeah, so, no, that's I, that's such an awesome observation, and I didn't see that anywhere in the study too. So I think you, I, I think we moved the understanding of it a little bit forward, which is I hope so. Great. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, then we will wrap it up. So uh, thank you once again, Karen. It is always a pleasure. I love doing these with you, and um, thank you so much for your time. 
And thank you. My pleasure. Um, And before we go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, along with... Uh, our 500 plus podcasts you can find thousands of articles and we have a great little weekly newsletter that goes out uh, every monday it's free it includes the most recent data that we have uh, put up on our website including the most recent podcast so if you want to just stay in touch in a very passive way please uh, feel free to sign up it takes less than two minutes Um, and with that we are going to wrap this one up so uh, until next time Take care, everybody. Are you ready? We look into each other's eyes. We know that it's showtime. Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know it's go time. And it's about you.